not going down just because of something some stupid adults are doing. Mobile suits. Monday, Monday. Camille's a man's name, and I'm a man! Uh, no carrots, please. Mobile suit? Roger that. Mobile suit. Mobile suit. Change. Although all enemies were defeated, Earth did not change one bit! The commander! <laughs> He's lost it! <laughs> every other day, every other day, every other day of the week is fine! You're a soldier here, aren't you? If you want to be more than just a grunt, you better learn to see the whole picture. Uh, yes, yes, sir. I'm the enemy, you idiot! Miss Matilda! Hey, what's up, Gundam Party people in the house? This is Fanhole's Mobile Suit Mondays. Hey, what's up, guys? This is Derek, Derek WC. I'm going to be one of your hosts tonight, and we're talking about Build Fighters again tonight. And then joining me tonight is one of my fellow Gundam enthusiasts, party in the house of Gundam. Give us a shout-out. Hey, it's Mike, and Gumpla Baseball is serious business. Woo! Do-do-do-do-do-do! All right, yeah, we are talking Build Fighters episode 13, titled Battle Weapon Tonight, and it is serious, serious baseball business. When we last left off in the previous episode, Reiji was defending Isla's honor and fighting against some street toughs outside some kind of supermarket facility, and it looked like Reiji had hurt his hands and driven off the street thugs. Well, now when we open up on the new episode we see some more of the details of what had happened in that little interaction. So it looks like Reiji was trying to be total badass, and he actually blocked a steel baseball bat with his wrist. And I guess he has a little metal bracelet on, so maybe it's not all that bad, but obviously it's a fucking aluminum steel baseball bat. So it's, it's the, normally that would probably break your fucking hand, but I guess because he's Reiji and he's awesome... He, he blocks it and, and kicks these guys' asses with his left hand. So that's how awesome he is. And he drives them off and everything. And, of course, nobody really is privy to the fact that Reiji hurt himself, except for his lady friend, Isla. So in the meantime, China, or Kosaka, has come out to the World Tournament location to visit Sai and kind of cheer him on. And there's, there's some awkward interactions going on there between the two of them where, I don't know, I, I think Sai's lost it at this point, where she, she basically has the upper hand in the relationship now. <laughs> where, yeah. You know, it's kind of like she, she basically just says, well, I came out to cheer you on. And he's like, oh, you didn't have to do that. And then it's like, what do you mean I didn't have to do that? And he's like, no, 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 that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. 
you know, so, so yeah, she, she sort of now has him wrapped around her little finger, it seems like, but it's cute, it's still cute. And then, and then there, there seems to be this ongoing joke where Mr. Rawl keeps commenting that his butt is itchy, and everyone <laughs> naturally jumps to the conclusion that Mr. Rawl has hemorrhoids. And he's like, I do not have hemorrhoids! You know, he's like, it is not a tumor! <laughs> you know, like, you know, that's basically what's, what's going on there. I don't know, I don't know if that's uh, some kind of crazy Japanese thing or what, or if it's just, you know, the common old man thing where I'm not really an old man. I'm only, you know, 30 years old. I don't have hemorrhoids, goddammit. You know, like, I, I guess that's what it is. But, you know, there may be something more to it than that, but I, I don't know. Reiji, meanwhile, is relaxing in the garden. His, his hand doesn't look too bad in that scene. He's actually, like, kind of got his hands behind his, his head and looks like he's kind of relaxing. Uh, Isla comes out to visit him, and she's kind of, you know, she's kind of checking up and seeing how his wrist is and everything like that. And speaking of the last episode again, there there was some slight revelations about, you know, where exactly Reiji came from and his connection to the chairman. And he does have this line where he talks about, you know, oh, I had to defend you. And she, you know, Isla's, of course, like, well, I could have fought those guys myself. And he says, well, you know, you know, he says, you know, it would have, you know, insulted my family dignity or, or something like that. You know, something, something about his family's dignity. And, you know, he's like, of course, I had to step up and step in and everything like that. And so I was thinking, well, you know, again, you know, there's this insinuation that he may have been a prince, you know, so maybe it's it's a royal family. You know, the dignity of the royal family would be, you know, w- w- would be offended if he, he did not step in and, and defend this, uh, you know, quote unquote, lady love of his, you know. What did you did you have any take on the the line or did you notice that at all or yeah like i i was just kind of like well i guess he's royalty of some kind and like that yeah. sort of like you know and like the chairman had said he's like he looks like a prince or you know something like that so like but i was still kind of in the dark i guess at this point where i was kind of like you know where are they going with this like what, what's mm, the deal okay 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 and so, meanwhile, the Sai and Kosaka and Mr. Rawl eventually catch up with Reiji. They actually notice the, you know, his, his lady friend, and they kind of want to know who that is. And, you know, while that's not exactly answered, because it seems like there's a lot of convenient ignorance in terms of the drama to their relationship. It's kind of like, you know, kind of like how people always complain about how everybody in, like, Spider-Man's universe is conveniently related so that when they you know pull off the mask it's like wait you are the father of my best friend you know or like wait you're the brother of the girl that i used to date that's now dating my best friend you know like that kind of thing and so i guess the convenience is Reiji doesn't really know isla's name like they've interacted a couple times you may very well even say they've been on a couple dates sort of not really but kind of you know they've had these these chance encounters that have been probably fun for the both of them where they're forging a relationship but he doesn't know her name so he's genuinely being honest where they all kind of go who's the girl who's this who's this girl you're hanging out with and he's kind of like i well it's you know it's what's her face whose name i don't know you know like and they're like come on you can tell us you know and it's like but he he legitimately does not know so and then of course the you know it's not a hemorrhoid you know continues with <laughs> with mr rawl that that running gag keeps keeps on going like the energizer bunny and we are finally introduced to the 
you know, main premise of the episode, we're, we're going to be, or I guess the, the players are going to be participating in a new match, and the new match is basically, they're, they're drawing the opponents by lot, and then, I guess, to use a uh, a toy nomenclature, it's like they get blind box weapons, basically. <laughs> you know, they, they, they don't know what weapons they're going to get, but they do this draw where, you know, they draw a number in, in a lot, and then that decides, like, who they're going to face off against and exactly what, you know, box they get with a certain weapon. We see, a you know, a pretty long sequence of, of all the different players getting different numbers and everything. And, of course, this I had to look up because I'm not Japanese, so I wasn't aware of the significance. But Sai and Reiji actually get the number 44. So they get weapon number 44, but Sai is immediately kind of like, ooh, this is bad luck. And I'm just kind of like, okay, 44, like, uh, it must mean something, you know, but it doesn't mean anything to me, but it must mean something to somebody. So uh, when I looked it up, you know, obviously it is interpreted as bad luck. You know, it, it's read as two fours. So I guess the pronunciation of four in Japan is she. And I, I would imagine it's like how, you know, if, if somebody says one, two, three, four, five, six, you know, like it's like a, a mispronunciation, but it's, sa- you know, six sounds like sex, I guess. You know, so it's like, I guess four in Japanese sounds like death. It'd be like one, two, three, death, you know, or something <laughs> like that. So, so that's I guess one reason why it's considered unlucky because it's like death, death. You know, you just that's that's what you rolled. You know, you rolled snake eyes or something or whatever. And then the other uh, bit of interest is this is actually episode number thirteen, which to most of us is clearly you know thirteen's an unlucky number. And they were also kind of suggesting that one and three add up to four, which I guess sounds like quote unquote death, you know. So I guess that that that's the sort of rationale behind why uh, Psy has the reaction he does, which you know obviously a Western audience wouldn't be privy to. They probably you know if this was like dubbed you know in the eighties by like you know Fox Kids, you know they'd say something about hamburgers and. You know, I don't know something that that, that would make it Space a little baseball. more Americanized. Space baseball, some something like that. It'd be like you know the home for infinite losers just rolled a number thirteen or something or whatever. You know, and 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 they'd edit out all the cigarettes or whatever. But anyway, they drew number forty four. So what that means is in the lot, uh, Sai and Reiji are going up against Luang Dalara, who is the the Thai champ. Which of course they don't know this, but that the chairman's aide uh, has set it up so that they were to fight this guy because she, you know, thinks that he's going to prove their undoing. And, you know, I guess when they interact with him, they expect maybe some kind of animosity, you know, because they are going to fight one another and everything. But he actually, he seems to be a pretty friendly guy, and he seems to be a fan of their work. He's like, when we last fought, that, that absorb thing, that was fucking awesome. And he's like, that, that deflection thing and the, you know, the distribution and the, you know, discharge, like, that was great, too. Like, I, I hope, you know, we get to have a really awesome fight together, and they shake hands and everything. So, I mean, he, he seems to be a pretty big fan of theirs and, and seems to, you know, look forward to the prospect of, of you know, matching his skill against theirs. So he, he seems like a pretty nice guy, actually. 
And then they kind of go through another sort of montage of all the other players. Again, this is this is a little kind of, uh, I don't want to say boring, but it, it's kind of like a little bit of a foregone conclusion because we know the main gist, the main uh, point of the episode is going to be the match between you know, the star build strike and the Aborigine, you know, which is the, the tie champs mech. So the other ones, they just kind of go through flash forward of a montage of all the main characters, basically pwning all these other kind of, you know, side characters, I guess they're getting out of the match. So, you know, the camp for amazing ends up defeating his opponent, you know, Mao gets like a spray gun or something. And, steals his opponent's weapon and defeats him. Uh, Isla defeats her opponent. Uh, Niels Nielsen ends up hanging his opponent. Ricardo Fellini defeats a, a Wadom from Turn A, which I recognized because I was like, hey, look, it's the thing from Turn A, but it's it's kind of colored funky. So. You know what I recognized is that the, the tiny pistol that that guy ends up with is one of the Strike Noir's pistols from uh, oh, okay. Stargazer. Yeah, okay, so. cool. Yeah, so w- w- was that? It's just like something that comes with like one of the the model kits, or yeah, no? He what do you call? You know uh, the what do you call the the Dark Strike variant that was in that like Seed OVA, the uh, Star oh, okay. Stargazer, like the main yeah, yeah. Gundam from that, or well, the oh, main okay. Strike variant. He has like a pair of pistols that he sort of does like Matrix style, like dual oh, okay. wielding okay. with. But yeah, that was one of them. Cool, cool. All right. So, yeah, so there's plenty of references in that montage, which is probably another fun reason to have it. But, I mean, as far as advancing the plot, well, we, we keep most of the characters we're familiar with, and, and we kind of get some, some fan service, you know, it, within the montage. But we kind of know most of the main characters are not in any jeopardy of losing. You know, they're in, this is not much of a challenge for, for any of the characters that are featured. It's more just, hey, look at these guys. They're cool, and here's some cool cameos from different mobile suits and, and weapons and things you may recognize. So it finally gets to the nitty-gritty, which is Sai and Reiji versus Luang Delara. And... Mr. Rawl, again, is busting out the old-school Gundam references because China, uh, Kosaka, is there with him, and he describes him as being like Char Aznobel, Johnny Ryden, and Annabelle Gatto. And, and then, of course, Kosaka's like, what the fuck does that mean? What, <laughs> yeah. Are they good? You know, but of course, to anybody who's a fan of Gundam, it's like, these are all the, the Xeon Ace pilots. These are guys that are all super badass that, you know, took down, you know, uh, four or five ships with a single suit, you know, th- those kind of impressive feats that, that got them nicknames, like the Red Comet, and wh- what was Johnny Ryden's name? Like the Red something or other? Yeah, I, he was I like a Red that. something or other, too. Yeah, and, and so so anyway, and then, those uh, three guys, I was yeah, Gato say, is from Double Eighty Three. Yeah, so. and his, his nickname is uh, the Nightmare of Solomon. Solomon, yeah, so they all they all have nicknames, they all did some, some really impressive battle tactics that basically got them in the Gundam history books. So, uh, you know, obviously Mr. Rawl thinks pretty highly of the Thai champ to, to com- you know, make those kind of comparisons and everything. It's safe now, all clear. Lack security, isn't it? It's like this everywhere in the Federation. <clears throat> uh, 
I don't get it. How did we ever lose to these people? And then, of course, comes the point where, well, what, you know, if 44 is such an unlucky number, you know, what what weapon did Reiji and Sai get? So, I, you know, obviously Mike has kind of spoiled it, but go ahead and tell us, like, what what is it that they get when they open up the weapon box, Mike? They get a catcher's mitt and, like, a baseball cap and a, bunch, and a couple of three balls, basically. Yeah. Which is funny because not only is it a baseball ball, but it's also a Gundam ball, too. Yeah. So that's kind of funny. Then it's like the fucking Fortress of Solitude is created, but it's like made out of a baseball stadium because it like just <laughs> sort of rises up around them all of a sudden out of nowhere. And people are, you know, like even size kind of like, what's going like, why do we have baseball weapons? Like, why are we in a baseball stadium? Like what you want the Gundams to play baseball like he's very confused are you crying no are you crying are you crying there's no crying there's no crying in baseball but i guess this all ties into the chairman's aide what was her name again oh uh, miss miss baker Miss Baker. So, so Miss Baker's nefarious plan, her master plan to uh, tip the scales in in the chairman's favor, is that it also turns out apparently, you know, the tie champ is also a professional, or he he was like on tap to be a professional baseball player. So basically, he's got all this skill as a baseball player. So it's almost like it's 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 lopped it in his favor, per se. I mean, Mr. Rawl goes into some detail about the difference in percentages between pitching and hitting, which, you know, would you would think would make the advantage rest with Cy and Reiji because they have a wider percentage of, of potential victory. But, you know, it, it, the Thai champ apparently is an expert at, at baseball, so, you know, maybe that doesn't quite apply. I, I really yeah. like, like, they, like, he gives it, like, you know, like, any, the best, like, hitter has only a 30% chance of, like, hitting the ball, and then, like, they give, I think Miss Baker gives, uh, uh, Duala, like, he, he has, like, an 89% chance of hitting the ball, and, and yeah. I think the chairman's like, wow, it's like some kind of manga or something, like <laughs> like some kind of super baseball player, like. Yeah, that is kind of funny. I mean, you know, and obviously, like they're 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 tipping the scales to to their advantage because they they think this this guy is a sure thing, you know, basically. And so the the pitch one, I guess, is a foul ball, and and of course, you know, on top of that, I guess what the, what the uh, percentages and figures don't really take into account is, you know, if you've forgotten, you know, Reiji basically really screwed up his right hand, you know, at the beginning of the episode. So he's not really at a hundred percent either, you know, like he, when he throws the ball, it's kind of like he's, he's in some kind of pain, you know, like he's not quite, you know, himself basically. And then, you know, of course there, you know, even, even uh, Miss Baker's kind of getting like, well, what's why? Why was it a foul ball? Like she just thought it would be over after the first pitch or something. But it, I guess you know, Delara kind of senses that they're not playing at full strength, sort of. And so he's like, I, I want you at your best. Like, come at me with your best. Like, give me your all, you know. And and it's almost like he he purposely hit the foul ball because that's how good he is, you know. And then pitch two actually is kind of crazy too because he he slams it back 
and and they end up catching the ball, but it it destroys the star build strike's arm, the arm that catches the ball, you know. So that's how how hot and heavy that hit gets. So and I guess I don't know. It, it doesn't. I mean, you know, it doesn't seem to really follow the the rules to baseball, to my understanding of them. It was like they they have some weird line of dialogue about well, the ball disappeared, it exploded, so that doesn't really count. Like, <laughs> and it's just like, well, what? You know, shouldn't he just be able to do a home run if you can't catch the ball? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know how that works because I've never seen a baseball get destroyed in a baseball game. But, you know, I would imagine it's I would imagine that's the same thing as hitting it out of the park. But apparently it's not, you know, like destroying somebody's arm. You know, I guess maybe that would be a foul in real baseball if you actually, you know, blew off somebody's arm with a, a baseball hit or something. And maybe the player would get suspended or something. But uh, yeah, but well, however that works, like apparently since it's gunpla and it's it, but it's not quite serious business with the baseball. It's just serious business with the gunpla, you know, so so they apparently get to do uh, a third pitch. And but before they do pitch three, uh, you know, size finally noticing, he's like, dude, you you like what's wrong with your hand? You know, like and it, it, you started to wonder, like, uh, you know, he at this point, he almost doesn't have to admit he heard it in a fight, you know, like he could easily just be like, dude, tie guy fucking blew up the arm. My hand hurts now, you know, but I, I guess he's just saying, you know, look, you know, size so like I can I can fight, you know, I can take over. I can I can pilot this if you need me to, if you're really in pain. But, you know, Ragey is kind of like, dude, don't bench me, coach. You know, like I want to. I want to keep playing the game or whatever and stuff. It is kind of funny, though. I know we were laughing about space baseball or whatever uh, a few minutes ago, but Reiji doesn't really know the rules of baseball. I mean, Sai has to sort of explain it in simplistic terms, like, you know, because there's, there's that funny part earlier where he's like, do we just take this ball and destroy him with it? You know, it's like, no, 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 that's not how you play the game. It's like you, you, you know, throw the ball over that, that plate, you know, and it's like, that's like the simplest, you know, way ever to explain to a noob what baseball is, you know, it's like you take this ball, you throw it over the plate, you know, and you want to get it past the guy with the stick, you know, and you're like, oh, okay, Okay, wormhole alien. Now I know what baseball is. It's like Ragey's basically a fucking wormhole alien from Deep Space Nine because he doesn't know what the fuck baseball is. But anyway, so so of course, but of course he's a really great pitcher for uh, apparently. Aggressive, adversarial, competition for fun. It's a game that Jake and I play on the holodeck. It's called baseball. Baseball? What is this? I was afraid you'd ask that. I throw this ball to you, and this other player stands between us with a bat, a stick, and he, and he tries to hit the ball in between these two white lines. Oh. The rules aren't important. What's important is it's linear. Every time I throw this ball, a hundred different things can happen in a game. He might swing and miss. He might hit it. The point is you never know. You try to anticipate. Set a strategy for all the possibilities as best you can. But in the end, it comes down to throwing one pitch after another. 
and seeing what happens. With each new consequence, the game begins to take shape. And you have no idea what that shape is until it is completed. That's right. In fact, the game wouldn't be worth playing if we knew what was going to happen. But, you know, Sai is kind of like, look, just do what I say this time. Even if you're hurt, just do exactly what I say. And he agrees. And then Sai busts out this third unknown system, which, you know, has yet to be revealed, which, you know, he was kind of, you know, worried that, you know, people knew about these other two systems. Well, I guess they're going to know about this system now. But he, he basically says, since the arm's destroyed, we can't use it at full power, but I can, I can use this system to empower just our pitching hand, you know. And so he activates what is known as the RG system, which if you look at the little English readout on the, the computer screen, it says radial general purpose system. And I guess this just, you know, fuck if I know, dude. It, it gives him, like, some kind of mega shiny light power-up where all the shininess goes into the hand. And the pitch he throws is like the ball is on fucking fire. Like, and it, you know, it's kind of defies physics. It's a physics defying, you know, baseball pitch. You know, it's that kind of thing that is awesome from the sense of, you know, like superpowers where, you know, it doesn't make sense. It's not meant to make sense. It's just meant to be awesome because the tie champ tries to hit this pitch, but the pitch its power is so great that it actually flings the champ back through the stadium wall and basically, like, knocks him on his ass. So, like, that's basically, like, how awesome, you know, the 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 pitch was with the power of the radial general purpose system at only 30%. So apparently this is, you know, some souped-up, you know, KO Ken super attack, move for the star build strike that that powers it up and everything and you know they, they're the winners and you know much to miss baker's chagrin and even the chairman's like what i thought we were supposed to win like uh, what's going on you know and, and so you know cyan ragey win and and delara of course is again still a friendly guy he's like this was awesome like i was glad to have my medal tested like he congratulates them and he's like next time it's going to be awesome and ragey's like well we're still going to win the next time too and they have this kind of friendly, you know, genuinely friendly rivalry, you know, like he seems like a really good sport about the whole thing. And then, and then the after credits, again, going back to the sort of convenient ignorance for, for drama's sake, you know, Isla, you would think, you know, Reiji would realize that this girl he's been hanging out with is actually one of the contestants, but because Isla is decked out in this suit, and this, you know, basically very oppressive helmet and everything, you know, and, and even in the after credits, she's walking around in it going, oh, I got to get out of this shit. It's, it's, you know, it's getting all, you know, uh, uh, what do they call it? Uh, claustrophobic and stuff, you know, she's like, I got to get out of this helmet, you know, and then before she can even take it off and everything, she sees, you know, Sai and Reiji kind of laughing and, and, you know, being in this kind of, you know, victory mode as they just come out of this tournament and everything. And it's almost like she's just now realized, oh, that kid that I'm buddies with who I gave meat buns is also a contestant and I'm a contestant. And now I'm going to have like the, the serious, you know, 
love dramas or whatever, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, you just realize this now, like you haven't been watching the matches. Like you, it's like, clearly she's seen the star build strike in action, but she didn't know who the fucking pilot was. Like, I don't know. Anyway, but, uh, you know, so it was a little convenient ignorance for the sake of dun, dun, dun. But, you know, that's that's all I'll say about that. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't ruin the episode or anything, but but it is it is that kind of trope of, uh, you know, con, you know, I keep saying it, but the trope of convenient ignorance. Like, I, I didn't know. So it's it's shocking when I finally find out. But I, I don't know what what's your take on the, the episode in general or even even the the convenient ignorance of the the Reiji and and Isla relationship to this point. I wasn't too like hard on like yeah the convenient ignorance or anything. I just figured you know it's it's for drama's sake basically. Yeah, so yeah. you know I, I guess it's I, I just figured it's the name of the game. So you know I'm sure they'll drag this out for a few more like you know wh- however many episodes it is until they like realize like dun 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 like you know you they unmask her and they're like you know old man oh. so-and-so like i don't know yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this well, time it's like least... young girl ayla like what? well i i think at least ragey's got the excuse like she's pretty well covered up like i i can see like if you're in that helmet and that that outfit like it, she doesn't look a thing like the girl like you can't see her hair like all you can see you know it's it's like she's like freaking batman you know like all you can see is her lower jaw like unless she's you know unless ragey's like silver saint cloud and going i've looked at your jaw for months now i totally know it's you you know whatever but unless it's that like i i, I give ragey the benefit of the doubt but i'm kind of like it, it feels like the uh the droids in the prequel thing it's like you can wipe c-3po's mind but you can't wipe fucking the what's his face uh, uh uncle, uncle owen. owen you know like uncle owen would fucking remember that droid you know like so it's like you know the same thing here i'm like well ragey you know, has the excuse, but it's like, what about Isla? Like, she, she's obviously been watching these matches. Like, she doesn't know that those kids are the ones that are piloting that suit, you know? I guess so. you could just chalk it up to her not being very interested in, like, mm, the, yeah. the whole thing. Kinda, she kind just, of her, yeah. She's kind of aloof. Yeah. It's okay. like, she, she just wants to win. It's kind of like, almost like an opposite thing of, like, uh, Yuki, where... Yuki actually legitimately enjoys like Gumpla fighting, but he ha- he's under the mandate to like uphold his title and win. Whereas like Ayla does not enjoy fighting, but she has to win too, basically. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know uh, the main thrust of the episode, like I, yeah, I, I thought it was a funny like diversion kind of, and I don't like I was kind of yeah, I was kind of like man, this is kind of weird, like like even even with the other guys who got like random weapons, like you know like Mao got the spray gun, and I was kind of like, what are they gonna have like a painting contest or something? But yeah, yeah. Like, it, it's kind of like uh, I was almost like, well, wait a minute, why don't you just like you know. Uh, Duala got the bat. I was like, why doesn't he just run up and like smash like the Starfield strike with like the bat or whatever? Like, yeah, it's like why? Why do they have to follow the the rules of of baseball in a yeah. gun club battle? But yeah, like even like even him. Like I would have been like, if I was him, and I would be like, this doesn't seem so random. Like I'm a baseball player. Like you know, and it, yeah. it seems like they set yeah. this up for me or whatever. Yeah, but. yeah. Well, again, I guess maybe it goes back to, I'm going to keep saying it, but convenient <laughs> ignorance. Yeah. You know, it's like, 
oh, what a coincidence! Uh, baseball stadium. I did. Know, I did like, like yeah. Once, once day one, and like you know, the chairman's kind of like, hey, I thought we were supposed to win, and like Miss Baker's like looking away, and he's like, why won't you look at me? Like, talk to me. <laughs> I thought we were like, what happened, man? Like, I thought we were supposed to win this one. What is going on? Yeah, yeah. It, I, it, it was a nice like diversion, I guess, from the main. Like, I guess you can't have just all fights. Yeah, I feel like maybe maybe if I watched more sports anime or manga or red red sports manga, maybe that would be the the manga line or some of those interactions would have been funnier. You know, the way they over dramatize. I'm sure. You know, like where they've got. Yeah. You know, I I remember there was something about like tennis too. You know, there. Like anime and manga about tennis or baseball or whatever it is. I'm sure yeah. it's it's very, you know, probably like all these kind of tournament style things that we're watching now. I'm sure there's there's also very competitive type, you know, sports anime and stuff that it, it you know, maybe not directly references, but you know, may bring those to to people's minds who have seen those before. Well, like without spoiling anything for you, like the next episode they do a sort of different kind of competition too. So Okay. Cool. Yeah. So I guess after that, basically, it's just like you know fights. So I guess you know they they're getting the silly stuff out of the way first, pretty much. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, yeah. I guess it's good to have diversion. You can't have all just you know drawn out battles, you know, for for the whole thing. And you know, we've we've gotten some really really good battles. So I don't mind that they've they've gone into a few minor diversions. You know, with like a, the the battle royale and the the you know, kind of these kind of more wacky, I guess, uh, you know, exclusion matches or whatever. So that's fine. Yeah, we'll see what happens next time. I did. I did also like the mon- the quick montage of everyone else beating their opponents, and you know, the guy who has to the poor guy, nobody guy who has to come up against Yuki, who's yeah. like, you know, I got this railgun, bitch. Like you, you ain't got shit. And then like he like shoots himself basically, or he he can't control <laughs> it. And Yuki's like. Yeah, well, that doesn't mean crap if you don't know how to use your weapon, you know. All right, well, I I guess that kind of wraps things up for this episode of Mobile Suit Mondays. So we hope you've enjoyed listening to our commentary and and our our commentary. Our musings? Our musings, our commentary, and our musings on the episode. I like that. If you would like, we have a podcast proper, of course. You can check out any of our episodes at fanholespodcast.blogspot.com. Besides the podcast proper and Mobile Suit Mondays, you can listen to things like Sentai Saturdays, Toku Thursdays, Transformers Tuesdays. So, yeah, please check out any of those. We'd, we'd love to have you listen to anything. You know, we appreciate all the likes that we get on Facebook, all the listens we get. You know, we're on Stitcher Radio, so if you like listening to Stitcher Radio, you know, we are on there. So go there to check out some of the latest episodes. We're on iTunes, so if you're listening to us on iTunes and you feel so inclined, you know, please give us some feedback on iTunes, leave us a, a rating so we can, uh, you know, get some more notice on the old iTunes. But yeah, um, that'll wrap it up for tonight. So until the next time, this is going to be Majin Derek Crab signing off. Hey, it's Mike, and my butt is itchy. Do you have hemorrhoids? <laughs> it's not a tumor. It's not a hemorrhoid. It's not a hemorrhoid.
I almost wonder, like, what the rules are. Like, if they can have that mega-sized Zaku in there, it's like, I think we joked about it, but, like, can I get that giant Gundam statue from, like, Japan and enter that? Like, like it's, like, Unicron-sized Unicron compared to everyone? What if they enter that guy who has, like, the cardboard box that's, like, <laughs> Gundam? That, like... I'd love to read the rule book. That's all I'm saying. I want a rule book, <laughs> and I want it in English. Yeah. I don't think that'll happen. 